when you're having conversations like the ones we're having now, all of a sudden when we see each other out on LinkedIn, it's going to hit different. So <laughs> yeah. now when I see your post, I'm going to be like, oh, there's my boy. You know, <laughs> it's just going to feel different because now we've actually had this like back and forth talk. And even though it's not in person, it's over video. Yeah. It's substantially more than even maybe 50 interactions on LinkedIn. I personally believe that you cannot get that quality without doing the quantity, right? It's what you say. You got to do the reps. If you if you don't do the reps, you don't know what's going to be good. Well, how do you like get the initial thing started? And I was always like, crap, like, how do you do that? And then I discovered podcasting. I'm like, oh, golden. Yes. A podcast is an excuse to build a relationship with anybody. We've got hey, I'm Luis. And I'm Luis. And you're listening to the Content is Profit Podcast. Where we talk about entrepreneurship, mindset, and of course, how to turn your content into profit. But most importantly, we are here to have a good time with you. That's right. Go to contentisprofit.com and join the community. Oh, that, yeah. that, that was sweet. That you was, like that was smooth. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I'm glad I caught it because I was about to go. <laughs> yes, okay. It's all good, hey, yeah. what, are, what are we talking about today, Fonz? Yes, thank you for asking. Today, we're yeah. talking about how can you drive revenue, 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 or revenue Let's go. through podcasting. Either revenue or revenue, whatever you prefer. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> It's such a hashtag juicy, juicy topic. Let's yes, go. It's going to be absolutely amazing. Hey, who's our sponsor today? Thank you for asking, good sir. Yes. Today's sponsor is Ourself, the Biz Bros. Yes, we sponsor today's episode Thank with you. Content Momentum. And you might be asking yourself, what is Content Momentum? Well, if you produce long form piece of content just like this one that you're listening to or watching, and you need a fractional content team to come in and multi purpose that content, We're here to help you out. So slide in the DMs at BizBrosco on Facebook, right. on Instagram. That's right. We're not shy. Go ahead and send us a message. <laughs> also, go ahead and follow the show because every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, these audios are dropping right on your phone to create that momentum in your life and business. So good. That is right. And if today's guest help you move one step forward towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode with three Friends, that is your ticket of admission. That's and right. And don't forget to leave a five-star review. Thank you. We have LinkedIn and podcasting royalty in that house. A true marketer at heart. I hope you are ready to take some notes. That is right. Today's guest is the director of audience growth for Sweetfish Media. And he's the co-host of the B2B Growth Podcast, which has over 2,000 episodes. Baby. Mind blowing. That's right. Today's guest has mastered the art of consistency while positioning himself as a, as a thought leader. What is that? Do you want to learn how? Stay tuned. We're, we're struggling with big words today. English is not very good looking Please today. welcome the newly proclaimed by us, King of LinkedIn, co-host of the B2B Growth mm -hmm. Podcast and Our new best friend, Dan <laughs> What's up, oh, yeah. Dan? Podcast royalty, man. I'm like, I think it needs to go in my Twitter bio. That one's just too fun. Let's <laughs> go. It has to happen. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be, you know, stalking that Twitter account as soon as this <laughs> show ends, by the way. Uh, Dan, thank you so much for, for coming. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, it's an exciting day for Content is Profit. It's an honor. Absolutely. Man, podcasting. I could talk about podcasting all day. So I was excited when you extended the invitation to come and speak on this show about podcasting, you know. So to do a podcast about podcasting is a little meta, but that's a lot about <laughs> Sweetfish. Yeah, so, yeah that's true. Go. 
It hey. can go if you, if you if you knew Fonzie, this can go very sideways. Well, I was very about, quickly. I was about to say we can turn <laughs> we can easily turn this into a 24-hour marathon. Yeah, just you let us know, we just keep going. You know, he's I, like, no, I just I just <laughs> did no a, I just did a carb load, so I'm good to go. Yeah, <laughs> and then, um, you know, for those that might not be familiar with you or or you know your your company and what you guys are doing, which is incredible, right? Like what. Do you want to walk us a little bit like how that started? Maybe like how you got involved in, in content creation in, in general, right? And then we can dive it into a little bit more of, of this vehicle that we're using today. Absolutely. So Sweetfish is a B2B podcast agency uh, started seven years ago by James Carberry. And it was started as just like a typical content marketing agency, right? Like we made blog, po- blog posts. Uh, But what James figured out by accident is that podcasting could be so much more than just a content vehicle. Mm. He actually was trying to sell blogging services and first reached out to a whole group of people as church planners or like church startups. He's like, I'm going to market to this group. They all need blogging because they're all trying to start churches all over the place. So he's like, you know what I'll do? I'm going to reach out to 50 of them and I'm going to I'm going to make a podcast and I'm going to invite them all to be guests on it so I can build relationships with them all. He sent out an email to 50 people and like 43 of them said, absolutely. Yes. When can we speak on the podcast? And he's like, oh crap. If you know anything about email marketing, you're like when you send out that many emails and that many people respond back <laughs> saying yes to like cold outreach, <laughs> yeah. you're like, something's weird. Something's What's something going on? good happened here. Yep. He's like, and after going through all those podcasts and finding out church startups don't have money, he's like, well, <laughs> maybe we shouldn't market to them. Maybe we should. Let's go after B2B because those businesses have money, (laughs) right? So we switched to B2B and it became a podcast agency Mm. because we found that podcasting and especially inviting your ideal buyers to be a guest on your prospect, not so you can pitch them, but so you can build authentic relationships with them was one of the most profitable ways you could use a podcast. Absolutely. So that's kind of how, that's kind of the origin story for Sweetfish. Mm. And I got involved a couple of years ago. Uh, specifically to help grow audiences with some of my background in SEO and content and social media marketing. Um, and then I've been indoctrinated to all things <laughs> podcasting. And now I get to help a lot of our customers launch their shows. Awesome. I love it. I, I love that story. And let me tell you why. I find <laughs> so many intersections between our stories. Like I feel like if you change, obviously, then uh, James, who's coming to the podcast too, we're still figuring out a date. And you change the name of the company and the fact that you guys were marketing to, to you know, churches, uh, startups. <laughs> the fact is that we actually accidentally ran across the benefit of podcasting, right? It's like we started having guests and for us it was more as a way to produce it because we ran out of content. We, like ran, we, we I, did like 20 episodes yeah. of, uh, the first time and we're like, okay, well, episode 20, why are we going to talk about I guess tomorrow? we're going to invite somebody. Yeah, let's, let's do this. And it was, and, and that's how, that's how it started. Actually, it started evolving into, wow, guess what? The people that we're having in the podcast is the people that we would love to work, work with, right? So that turned into, let's, you know, keep the, converse, the conversation going, keep the relationship going after that. And we have built our business Thanks to that, yeah. right? We started this uh, two years ago, and for us, it has go- gone like crazy. And it's thanks to those relationships that you're talking about. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Dan. When you, when you guys, you know, with the people that you work with, is this something common that they actually see the first time? Because it, it, whenever we tell this story, right? Like, and uh, and I think you are the first person in the show that actually 
like represents like that that method, right? Like, oh, and you guys have massive success, right? But normally when we tell this story, that's the last thing on the person that's producing the podcast's mind, right? Mm-hmm. And they seem very shocked that it could be a vehicle to build an authentic relationship. We've, we've, we've you know, built incredible friendships, partnerships, uh, it, and it has, it has changed the way that we do things and the way that we run the show. So for you mm-hmm. guys, like, is that, is that common? Like, that, like, maybe people are not thinking about this to build those relationships? You know, it's funny for our customers, that's usually not the case because we've done a pretty good job at like pioneering the methodology and putting yeah. out a number of thought leadership pieces about it. So by the time they're coming to me or coming to the sales team, they're like, they're ready. yes, this is what we want to do. We want to do it with you. And this is, we want to take your strategy and your approach. Right. And we didn't invent this strategy necessarily. I think other people have figured this out long ago. <laughs> yeah. Right. But by the time they're coming to us, they're, they're kind of bought into the way, way to do things. Still some come in and we're like, Oh no, like you don't want to just create content about yourself. Mm. Otherwise who wants to listen to it? But if you use it as a tool to build relationships with guests, this could go really well for you. So there's still some convincing. And generally, like most people are like, well, how do I get the guest to become a customer as soon as possible? I'm like, no, tap the brakes. Mm -hmm. It's about building relationships. Mm -hmm. There is a way to connect them to being a customer. That's true. But oftentimes there's a lot of intangible benefits to just building out that kind of a network, right? You guys have seen it with yourself. I mean, you say you're 230 episodes in. Yep. That's a freaking ton of episodes. Like <laughs> most you. podcasts don't make it past episode seven, mm-hmm. right? That's yeah. like ninety percent yeah. of podcasts right there. Yep. I I heard today that like twenty only twenty three percent of podcasts on Apple right now are active. Yes. So yes. congratulations, you guys yeah. made the cut. Thank you. Let's Just go. To too. <laughs> He's pioneering yeah, the cut. Pioneering, yeah, we're <laughs> we're you know grabbing onto the rope and let's go and see if we get there. Uh, no, that that's awesome, man. You know uh, what you just mentioned it also taps into these marketing principles of people that consume the content are involved in the community, right? Like there's different points of contact that I'm assuming, right? There's this whole ecosystem that they're, that they're a part of, right? And then when they come to have a conversation with you, that decision is, is frictionless. I think one of the first like names of the show for us was like in the, in pursuit of the frictionless sale, right? I was like, okay, is that really a thing, right? And we, we've had multiple opinions where people come in and they're like, no, right. Every everything has to have friction because X, Y, Z, and they have their their point of view, right? But for us, really, like when this vehicle, this relationship building machine, right, and you start identifying people that you personally resonate with because your personality is very similar, you like similar things, you guys serve same type of clients, solving similar problems, right? There's this real synergy that in the past I've I've never really felt except with my soccer team, right? <laughs> so we're like, what's going on? And it's, and it's very powerful. So what you explained there on how people get to you guys and it, it, it is a real thing. It is something that can happen, but we have to be very careful to not use it for evil, right? <laughs> that's I think yeah. that's like yeah. that's the thing. Not not use it for evil. <laughs> yeah, I mean we, we live in yeah. a in a marketing world where there's a lot of I mean, obviously, I'm going to overuse. This word is overused, noise, right? There's a lot of noise around. But more than that, I think the message is just a little bit messy in the terms of people are just going for so much of the sales, so much of the traditional marketing funnel on the top of, you know, top of the funnel awareness that that is like, let's bombard people with their message so they immediately buy. And I think that does have a place in everybody's marketing, but I love this approach just because of the fact that you're saying, it's like having a network has an intangible series of benefits, right? It's not, I mean, 
we're becoming friends, you know, as we're doing this. But who knows? Like, there might be other opportunities, whether that is working together, uh, having a partnership, or eventually, you know, us introducing to other people inside of our network. Like, it's so, so key. So I'm curious, like, maybe somebody that's still doubting, do I need a podcast? Like, uh, do I need a platform of my own to build this relationship? What would you tell them to, you know, maybe motivate them a little bit to try it out? Like for a company or a, a yeah, independent person? Could be a company. Let, let, yeah, let's, let's talk in the terms of B2B since it's the world we both move in. Yep. I think a podcast is more strategic even than a blog for many reasons. Partly because of the, the network effect, right? You end up interviewing all these people. Those people could, maybe they don't become customers. Maybe they are strategic hires later on. Mm. I've literally, we literally just hired someone that we wouldn't have had a relationship with had I not interviewed her like a year and a half ago. And now I'm like, wow. yes, so-and-so has joined the team, right? <laughs> it's It makes a huge difference. They become your employees. They become your strategic partners. Sometimes the person you interviewed, it wasn't right, It wasn't the right time for their company. They leave that company, go join a new company, which happens like every two years, it seems like for marketers. And then on that company, the first thing they do, put it in the budget for a freaking podcast because they they're wow. the new guy or new woman and they got the, the buy-in because you know, they're new. Yeah. Right. And we've had so many customers sign up. They're like, ah, oh, I wasn't able to in that last company, but this company is the first thing we're doing is mm. signing up with your service. Right. Yeah. So, and that happened like two years later or something, you know, and we've yeah. been in business long enough to kind of see that happen over and over again. Um, and then it ends up impacting your social media in a way that I'd never expected. When you're having conversations like the ones we're having now, all of a sudden when we see each other out on LinkedIn, going to hit different so <laughs> yeah. now when i see your post i'm gonna be like oh there's my boy you know <laughs> it's just gonna feel different because now we've actually had this like back and forth talk and even though it's not in person it's over video yeah it's substantially more than even maybe 50 interactions on linkedin yeah. it's yeah. just at a different level relationally now and that plays through especially once you start doing lots of these with enough people that the in, the social interaction on linkedin or twitter or whatever starts to become more substantial and that's how you start to grow there too yeah i, I love that point and so let's attach let's do a quick attachment right there to that idea because you know i personally been living more in the instagram and facebook world in social media but i'm not gonna lie it's very exhausting those two social medias <laughs> right and lately i started i'm like let me dig more into linkedin you know i've heard about all the benefits like people raving about it and it's not like I was a total stranger to it but I started digging into it and I ran across your profile and James profile and then all of a sudden I'm connected with your whole your your whole company everybody's <laughs> publishing consistently like every day and I'm like this is amazing and I know that you guys have a a program inside of your company to incentivize people to build their own brands and I think that is absolutely epic if I'm being honest but what resonated the most is the consistency, all of you, and especially you that you do it every single day, right? And that just blew my mind. That's something that we talk about. We actually, when we were slacking at, at the very beginning, two years ago, uh, we decided to do a challenge called the 45 Live. Let's go live on Facebook for 45 days in a row, trying to achieve that consistency, right? And not many people managed to stay consistent for. I yep. think years, if I'm not mistaken, that you that you've been doing this for. So, what can we say about that? About having a, the consistent habit of you know putting your thoughts 
into the world for other people to see, right? We know now about the value of building these relationships, but now you're doing touch points, right? As you are putting your thoughts out there and connecting with more people, how can people build up to that consistency? And, you know, some of them might be thinking, but what, what am I going to talk about? Right? Yep. So there's multiple questions there. I think for starters, it's hard. Like I do believe that you can actually take breaks and I've taken many breaks. I didn't post much at all over the last like holiday season. Um, yeah. I maybe went in and commented here and there, but I just kind of took a break and spent time with my family. Yeah. But in order to really break in, in order to really get the momentum you need to take breaks, you kind of have to be consistent. And I mean like yeah. posting a massive volume of content. And honestly, mm. like when the whole quality versus quantity debate, most people are on the quali- team quanti- quality. I'm on like team quantity. I'm like, <laughs> screw quality. <laughs> Like at first, yes. just get in the habit of like rowing. So what if you're rowing incorrectly? Like you'll figure it out eventually, but yep. the way to get to quality, yeah. and I'm still a fan of quality, okay, <laughs> is to just put in the reps, right? Mm-hmm, so you yeah. have to make a commitment of posting every freaking day and then hopefully making it just a little bit better every single time. Yeah. Yep. Every once in a while you post something like, oh shoot, that hit a nerve. That went more viral than normal. Instead of reaching 200 people, it reached 700 people dang okay what what can i learn what from changed? that yeah. maybe i need to hit on that topic maybe i wrote it a certain way and then you get better yeah. right but it's only through repetition and yeah. a lot yeah so even on linkedin i talk a lot about like you just have to commit to 90 days every day and uh, you might wing it every morning or you might come in a system where you batch it try both but figure out what works for you and yeah don't don't let a day go by without posting or something yeah it, like you guys have hit you you talked about your 45 challenge yeah like that was freaking genius. It's hard to do, but it force it just forces you to stay consistent for a while and then you get good at it. Yeah, yeah. I, absolutely. I mean, you know, now I think we're going to have to do, you know, times 2 90 days and you know, keep up. <laughs> but here here like the what what changed for us was we had this meeting. Uh we were pitching a different service that we had at the time and we we didn't have the podcast. It was just freelancing at the time. And the guy was like, well, this is great what you guys are doing for other people, but what's, what, what about you guys? And it was like complete silence, like online, no website, no social media, no nothing, right? And everything was like personal, just like here and there. And that hit hard, that hit a spot where like, man, yes, that, mm. that's true, right? And that's where the challenge came up, right? And the first time, day 15, but guess what? It was because... We, we created a relationship and that ended up being the, the biggest client that we had at the time. And we're like, oh, okay, huh? Consistency works, right? And then it's like, and it wasn't the video that explained the product. It was the video that connected with a person to be able to have a meeting. Uh, it was called a content dinner and we just shared for a night. And then they're like, I need what you guys offer, for example, right? And I was like, wow, that this is incredible. Then we do it at the same time. But then we decided on the third season, we decided to do it open to public. We had about a hundred people in the challenge. And about day 10, that's the, that's the first hump. People are like, man, what else? Kind of like the day 20 for us in the in the interview, in the in the show, for example, right? So um, in our, in our side, you mentioned personal, what works for you, right? In our side, he, Fonzie has his own personal framework. I have my own personal framework and we discovered this through executing that. The show has its own framework. Now, uh, what are some of the frameworks that maybe you guys use maybe at a personal level to stay consistent, right? That that maybe gives these examples and primers and ideas for people to actually create their own, right? We're big fans of create your own framework, right? You can start modeling, but at the end of the day, it's like, how are you going to stay consistent, right? You, me- you mentioned two daily or batching a little bit. Like, what are some other stuff? 
personally, I've tried a lot of different things. I find that just yeah. coming up with content maybe a few days ahead or even just that day. Like this morning, I woke up early and sat down. Yeah. And I had someone assigned me a task in Asana to promote a new job we had. So I was like, okay, how can I freaking write, get this post to go viral and do a heck of a job getting everybody who sees this post yeah. to want to work for Sweetfish? If you go look at that post, it did really well. <laughs> yeah. But I had to sit there and think about it for a while. And I probably, it's really the opener on LinkedIn. It's all about the first three lines. Yeah. So you can get someone to click see more. And if you can get them to read more, like it's optimized for dwell time. So you have to think about that. And I was like, how can I write it? How can I open this in such a way to get someone to read the body? And then how do I get someone to read the body to leave a comment? Because yeah. LinkedIn's very comment focused more than the share share button on Facebook. Generally, if someone comments on a LinkedIn post, it almost counts as a share because everybody will then, all their followers will yeah. see it with their comment attached to it. So it's almost as if they tapped share already. Yeah. Um, so I had to sit down and think about it this morning and I was... And I probably wouldn't have been able to write it that way had I pre-planned it, and it's okay. Yeah. Um, if I'm pretty, if I know I have a really busy week coming up and I don't have time to write the post, then I'll re pre-write them all. But even then, I still have to time block time, and that's something I do do. Is I time block on my calendar when I'm going to be engaging with people, so yes. that my calendar is never so full that I can't engage with all the comments on on LinkedIn. Yeah, I think that's a genius tip right there. I think people don't make the time don't set the time apart to actually be present in social media like it's so often that we just grab the phone and open social media and start scrolling mindlessly without an objective and i think what you just mentioned right there is what we call a golden boulder right just like a golden nugget just way bigger which is set time intentionally to actually be a part of social media and interact with people and comments, right? And I wanted to make a point from something you mentioned before about quality and quantity, right? I personally believe that you cannot get that quality without doing the quantity, right? It's what you say. You got to do the reps. If you if you don't do the reps, you don't know what's going to be good, right? You can, And the issue is, and I was stuck in this for the longest time, I was trying to get the qua the quality at first and I was just being a perfectionist. And guess what? Perfectionism is, you know, number one enemy or friend of procrastination, right? And I never publish anything at the end of the day. So it took us going live, no editing, no nothing, as raw as it was, right? Just put our message out there You're for still us logged to into a few editing services and try to, try yeah, to like play a little bit. I, I still like to, you know, <laughs> if I got the time, tweak it a little bit in there. And then the second point that I wanted to make is that I think kind of like a little bit in between the lines of what you just mentioned is content being a little bit reactionary in the sense of we get ideas throughout the day that we think, oh, this is great. Like I can totally write a piece about this and then we put it in our to-do list. Like here, write a piece about this. And then when we go back to that, we lost the inspiration and we're We're just thinking, okay, what was it that I was going to write about this? How can I make it good? But if at that moment we actually write something, 250 words, let's say, we can put it aside just to schedule it for later. And I am sure most people, especially if you're consuming content in social media, you get more than three ideas a day that you're like, oh, I could write about that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. So it's about, I guess, like just taking the leap It's like, have the confidence to sit down, write something, don't get distracted, and then 
set it aside so then you can give it the time and, and, and publish it. So thank you for that. I think that is an absolutely great great tip that you said. I just kind of like want to rephrase it a little bit, hopefully so so people can can understand that as well. Now I'm curious about B2B growth, 2,000 episodes. Let's start with what have been some of the best lessons you've learned from that stage of your, li of your life. 2,000 episodes. You don't achieve... <sighs> You really don't achieve 2,000 episodes single-handedly. I've only put in... I'm trying to think how many episodes I've done. I've probably put in a, over 150 episodes myself. Wow. Many, many solos, many interviews. I'm probably over that point now. Um, but And I think James has probably put in 1,200 episodes. Wow. And now he doesn't do many at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I'm a co-host because there's been many co-hosts for B2B Growth. And at mm. some point, I think they had as many as 10 co-hosts, wow. and that was a busy season. But now I think we're down to probably like three co-hosts. Yeah. Um, with someone, we actually have someone on the team that's like all they do is co-host now. That's Their their full-time job is building relationships with ideal buyers uh, wow. via inviting them to speak on the show. Yeah. And he's, he's a fantastic interviewer. I'm so glad we hired him. Um, yeah. He's also just friendly and great at building relationships. Yeah. So um, I'm still even co-hosting some episodes now but i'm using it more strategically to build strategic relationships or to put out content that i think is needed out there um i'm even launching a new podcast so that's coming soon because nice. uh, like you guys have probably figured out you can only accomplish so much with one show in fact i can use that to segue to like we found that there's actually five different ways a b2b podcast can earn revenue wow. um b2b growth ended up we tried to do even too much with the show at first or over mm -hmm. the last couple of years. It's like trying to accomplish too many objectives. Yeah. And a podcast is a freaking Swiss army knife. It can do a lot of different things for you, <laughs> yes. but it can't do all of them all at once. Well, right. That's right. Um, yeah. I, I, I love that you mentioned this because, uh, on Mondays we have call with one of our mentors, right? Every day. And, uh, we're, we're, he's dabbling into the podcasting world at, you know, we exchange these calls. Right. And, uh, He's like, well, what you guys are doing, we have people coming in with like, hey, how do you guys produce the live show? How do you guys do this? The how-tos, right? Like what equipment and the thing. Yeah. And it's like the, the initial thing. Then other people is like, how do you actually use it as a tool to generate the revenue, right? Or create relationships or like strategic, like it's just a lot, right? So the guy's like, well, for for the education purposes, right? If you guys want to go there, which we don't do now, right? Where are you guys going to focus? And we're like, well... If we unpack the show, <laughs> there's like these 10 different things that, you know, these different stages that can serve a purpose, like a very specific purpose. And that alone can can bring a lot of benefit to the people or the business using it, right? So internally, us too, we're being, being like, okay, what is the direction that they're going to go that? Like the objective of the show is very similar to what you guys are doing. We don't offer podcasting services. We do something else. But it's like, okay, uh that's the objective of it. In, and in fact, the first seven months of the show, we didn't even see the data on the content that was coming out of it because that content served a, a, a different purpose, right? So um, it's like you said, it's like it is a Swiss army and it's, and, and probably happened to, to you guys, but how I saw it was because we we're starting to explore those possibilities, we're like, oh, well, this works here, but what is the thing that really resonates with mm -hmm. us that serves the purpose of the company, right? So um, is, it, is it okay if we ask, what are those five ways? Or is that so it's the Absolutely. top secret? <laughs> the five ways um, that we're using now, one of which I've already talked about, like interviewing your guests as our, that are ideal buyers. We call that our account-based marketing method, yep. right? Because it lines up really well with account-based marketing in general. And you're trying to do one-to-one -one, yeah. uh, relationship building there. Um, the, ne the next one is demand gen, 
right? Mm-hmm. Which has been made super popular by Chris Walker. So naturally, mm-hmm. he's been po- he's been championing like, oh, start a podcast, start a podcast. So people are like, oh shoot, but I need some help with podcasting. Who? Sweetfish, Who yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. Sweetfish can help us. Yeah. Um, so I get on with phone calls with them. They're like, well, we want to de- generate demand. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Really, like the way Chris Walker does demand gen and not just performance marketing demand gen mm-hmm. is the really secret ingredient though he doesn't like it called that is thought leadership, right? Mm. (laughs) Like you have to have a really strong point of view or methodology that you're bringing to the market that the market actually cares about. It's bringing a solution to a problem that they're all like, like, why isn't this working? Chris Walker did it by calling out the fact that maybe lead gen isn't working as well as we thought it was. Right. And marketing (laughs) attribution isn't as cool (laughs) as we all think it is. As as fun as it is to look at all the fancy graphs, it's actually not yielding the results we think it is. Yeah. Right. That's the point of view he's bringing. That's the thought leadership he's bringing. And he's just essentially saying a lot of the same things over and over again, but customizing it for all the questions that comes in to create great content. I know I love the show. Yeah. Um, So those shows are all thought leadership driven and then audience growth driven so that you can kind of get your thoughts and ideas and your thinking to solve problems. Naturally, some people will take the thinking and be like, oh, can you help us with that? Like and come by. Yeah. Um, You're generating demand where there wasn't some. So that's number two. The third is industry influence. Mm. And you guys have probably tasted this to some degree. As you start to in, uh, build relationships, not just with ideal buyers, but the influencers in the space, all of yeah. a sudden yeah. things can turn for your business. I have a customer that does uses nothing but this methodology. And essentially, he's able to take his kind of commodity product and really break into a whole new market because he has relationships with all the ideal players, right? All the gatekeepers, all the publication yes. editors, yeah. all the influencers. He's He has relationships with all of them now. And so his company has a much easier time breaking into a very competitive market that's very commodity, yeah. right? Mm. Because he has real relationships with all those people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Be- before you go to number four, I, w- I want to share a quick story. We have so we have a cousin, right? Like he he lives in Miami, right? And he's an actor, and he's on commercials and different things. And maybe this is a, a, a little bit of an example for this, right? And uh, he came up to Jacksonville, Florida, where we live, and he's like, "What do you guys do, right?" And we see the studio, and he sees the lights. And I'm like, "Well, we are not acting, <laughs> right?" <laughs> so, and he was like very struggling to to get a role, and like he was just serving tables, and he was not in Hollywood, right? It's a very different environment, and we're like, "Hey, idea, <laughs> it's worked for us. Why don't you start?" a show, like call it a Zoom call, whatever, and start interviewing your directors, your producers, your things, and you build this relationship, right? And we assure you, guarantee that there's going to be an opportunity for you to do something. Here's what happened, right? He completely ignored that advice. (laughs) (laughs) He he completely ignored that advice, but what he did was he started thinking about how to build that relationship, right, Mm -hmm. through a different vehicle. Well, guess what? He found an incredible opportunity to produce his own film, which was his dream after acting. He's like, well, I'm going to act and then do this. Well, guess what? Even just the fact that he thought about building a platform and create these relationships, that triggered a couple conversations that then landed him the, the opportunity to produce his own thing that's now is going to premiere this year in Miami in a big festival. And you're like, what? So completely different market, right? Not on the business side, but like that, I think that goes hand in hand with that. Uh, industry that, influence. Industry yeah, influence. And, it, and it's yeah. incredible. It's so, you can totally use it to land a job or oh, a gig so or whatever good. the heck you're wanting. Dude, it's freaking like magic. I remember reading a book. Um, oh gosh. It's by Keith Ferrazzi. 
Never Eat Alone, right? It's a great mm. book on networking and building yes. relationships. But he always left out like, well, how do you like get the initial thing started? And I was always like, crap, like, how do you do that? And then I discovered podcasting. I'm like, oh, golden. Yes. A podcast is an excuse to build a relationship with anybody. I'll, I read a lot. So like every favorite author I have, please come and tell me about that on the podcast. I just <laughs> yes. read your book and they're like, I'd love to talk to you about because they want to sell more books. Of course. Right. So yeah. I'll have them on the podcast and get to like meet all the people that I've been reading and stuff. It's such a great opportunity. So good. Um, to dive into the other, the fourth way yes. it builds revenue is through a customer show. Mm-hmm. Now this is kind of indirect. It's not to really do marketing as much it is to better retain your customers, especially if you have a recurring revenue model, right? To reduce churn and therefore yes. increase revenue. Um, if you're a SaaS company, like I would be interviewing, I would have a customer show and I would be interviewing customers on how they're getting the most out of it, yep. right? Mm-hmm. What are some creative uses of it that maybe we haven't thought about? What are you doing to train your people in it? Like, and just interviewing customers to get all the wisdom of what they've figured out and even yeah. like get some learnings like, oh crap, I never even thought that it could be used that way. Shoot, yeah. maybe we should be marketing it that way, right? But it's essentially to help educate customers and get customers more bought in. But again, building relationships with them, yeah. getting them yeah. more bought into it as they come onto your podcast, right? Yeah. So you're doing that one at a time. Yeah. But ultimately, it's to create content that better empowers the customers. Absolutely. Yeah. Also, sorry, Fancy. Also, like they might be doing something awesome in their company that, like you mentioned, maybe is an opportunity for your own company and that, you know, reduces attrition, right? And then what, guess what? Now, you know, that revenue profit, profit margins increases a little bit, right? So like you say, it might be indirect. And that was one of the questions I had at the very beginning. We can, we can go back to that later, but it's like these indirect methods, right? For this piece of information, maybe that I built over this relationship, we apply it and maybe it's not sales related, but it's helping us increase the recurring monthly for three more months, right? That's that's has a ton of value, and sometimes people ignore that fact. Yeah, but I can, I can see a lot of value on this customer show too, in the sense that guess in what network those people move in. Probably people in the same industry that probably need the same solutions, right? That you're offering. So guess what? You bringing them on the show deepening that relationship, those people might turn around and say like, hey guys, you need to connect with them, (laughs) right? And they start referring you, right? The power of referrals is absolutely amazing. And I think most people overlook it. It's so simple, yet a lot of people discard it. And referrals are extremely powerful. Um, I remember this one time I was uh, talking to somebody that they had a podcast. They were trying to figure out exactly how to do it. And I love you sharing these different types because now I'm like placing some of the things that we've talked before into categories. And it's like, it makes total sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we're talking to these guys and they were looking for ways to grow their podcast. And I was like, hey, you guys are, they're business brokers. You guys are selling businesses. Guess what? Probably those business owners know a lot of other business owners that are looking to sell their businesses, <laughs> right? And eventually they're like, huh, that does sounds like a good <laughs> idea, right? And they started bringing and telling the stories, success stories about, you know, those businesses that they've sold and how they changed their life, X, Y, and Z. And I think it's it's a great example right here. I, I feel like this one might be one of the most overlooked, um, underrated Absolutely. I don't categories. have a lot of customers doing it. I wish I did. Yeah. Because it's like an easy win, especially for SaaS companies or any, yeah. any reoccurring revenue company is going to have a big time. That's awesome. Uh, that and it's honestly probably the easiest to execute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Hey, right, number five. It's, it's number five. So good. 
also <laughs> overlooked, but really good. And this is one we execute ourselves as an internal podcast, mm-hmm. right? And you can use an internal podcast like it's geared that listeners are employees. So you're not even trying to grow the audience. You're just trying to get your employees to consume it. You can use it to champion culture, do internal marketing. You can use it for internal training. Like I know some people who use it to train their whole sales force and they don't just play the sales call, but they do voiceovers on top of them to explain why it went well, why it didn't. And you can train a whole mobile army of salespeople. Usually you make that a private show, right? Yeah. Where they have to log in with the password or whatever, but it's an easy way to distribute information that you can listen to on the go because it doesn't have to be a video. You don't have to watch it. You're just listening to the conversations and getting instruction. You can listen to it passively while you're driving, while you're doing laundry. Listen to it at one, uh, you know, one X speed, two X speed, three X speed, <laughs> right? You can kind of listen and consume it in the way that you need to when you need to. Um, yeah. Much, much more efficient way to train a whole um, uh, a group of employees. Yeah, we have one called Sweet Talk, and we mm. just interview. Uh, individual employees our director of culture just interviews people so we can get to know each other because we're a fully distributed company we all work remote we don't have the luxury of being able to go out to lunch with people so we use it to help just get to know each other yeah and that's the way we use our internal podcast and it's been effective for that that's yeah very overlooked i'm sure i I, i'm curious wait wait real quick real quick i'm curious (laughs) where do you see the benefit on for what size company do you see the benefit of this or uh you know, maybe why requirements, like, for example, being fully remote, um, when is a good moment for a business to start implementing an internal one? I think as soon as you're probably beyond, I don't know, I think Sweetfish started probably doing it around 15 employees. 15. Um, it also depends, like, are you working in the same office all the time? Because maybe yep. you don't need it as much, but if you're fully distributed or have a lot of remote employees, yeah, that becomes a lot easier. Mm. Um, it also depends on whether you're using it for culture or for training. I actually think it would be fundamental for training, especially if you can yes. learn. If it doesn't have to be video and visual, if it could be audio, I would probably start doing it right away because training starts to become a roadblock, like an obstacle that any company hits as soon as you start hiring people. Yep, you have to train them. You might as well just like. If, I mean, if you're going to do it internally and just you're just don't can't afford anything, just recording on your phone and just distributing through Anchor, bam. As soon as you remember things, you could be distributing it and essentially documenting it for future people to listen to yeah. later on down the road. So there's ways to start cheap. But then some companies like to dress it up a little bit more. And especially if you want to start making training and slicing and dicing it so that the phone calls need to be yeah dressed up a little bit more than they yeah. hire someone like sweetfish yeah. but generally a lot of these things you you don't need someone like sweetfish actually i try to tell people like hey start a podcast like you don't need an agency to do it i mean i understand why people sign up for agencies but like figure it out do it start a free yeah. one on on anchor and just go for it yeah. just start interviewing people and then again volume like just get a little bit better every time yeah screw the intro audio <laughs> stuff like and lighting and just use just your mac go. and a zoom yeah. zoom call and just dump it on anchor and figure it out and then add the better lighting and then add a buy a microphone eventually you know <laughs> yeah make it a little bit better absolutely you know we were so afraid at first of making mistakes 
we actually had a different podcast before content is profit. Uh, yeah. uh, I think at this point it was about three years ago. We started this podcast called Bruce and Bros. We would right? have been in alcohol. Uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah. it was just my brother and I alcohol. having a beer discussing <laughs> marketing. Literally, that was it. And we decided to complicate this thing, right? We decided for quality over quantity. So we had like three different cameras, the light, like all this in my tiny room so when my girlfriend would come in to the room she would see a bunch of cameras and light and she was like uh, going I'm, on, I'm out of here right <laughs> we're like babe i promise it's a podcast we're recording a podcast and it it was we put so much friction in the process because we were trying to be just like make it perfect that when we would make a mistake we would have to be like okay no 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 stop it let's you know start again instead of okay well we can fix that in post-production whatever but it was such like a massive friction that we we're putting on ourselves. And when we started content is profit, we decided to go with the 45 live experience. It's like, hey, we go live now, we make mistakes when we're doing it live and we embrace them. Like we just laugh at them. And guess what? That just builds your character. That just builds your, you know, your attractive character for the people that are watching the podcast or listening to. And they relate too, because guess what? They're gonna make mistakes. And if they see you you know, in our case, 200 plus episodes. And they're like, wow, these guys are still messing up the intro once in a while. <laughs> and they're just laughing at it. And they're still having awesome guests. Guess what? It's that's motiv motivation right there. So I, I appreciate that that point of, hey, just start, just get it done. It doesn't matter because I think a lot of people are just too stuck on oh, what are other people going to think about me if it's not perfect. Absolutely. It reminds me of uh, one of my favorite quotes from a playwriter called, I think his name is George Bernard Shaw, right? Famous playwriter. Mm. He said, I learned how to ride or I learned how to speak like I learned how to ride a bike mm. by constantly making a fool of myself until I got <laughs> used to it. And once you just like stop thinking about what other people are thinking, you just go for it and you fall over and laugh and just keep going. It's kind of like... Yep. Nobody really cares, right? And it just makes it a lot easier that yeah. way. I think you guys are brave for doing this live. I'm, I'm <laughs> so you. used to recording it. I, I edit out all the little things. I, I mess up my intros and I actually script my intros and still mess them up. Yeah. I tell the guest, I'm like, hey, if you mess up, it's okay. I'll edit it out. Like I mess up all the time. I'll probably mess up now. <laughs> yeah. It, it's uh, it, We go back to that point of like what works for you, right? Like for mm -hmm. us, like if it's not live, it's not getting done, right? We, we've tried it. We're like, hey, you know, what about we do these three episodes on Monday? right like it's in there in the calendar and then things happen baby comes in whatever right and it is not not done so for us this is the system that really works and it's a system that we're you know very proud because it's kept us consistent right and we talked about those seven episodes that most people are like fall off right like very close to home our mm -hmm. dad right our dad sees this thing every day he's like i saw your angel he doesn't understand <laughs> english but it's like i saw your thing and 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 he one day he goes like I want to start a podcast. I'm like, sounds good, right? And he's back in Venezuela, right? Resources are maybe a little bit different, right? He doesn't have the equipment that we were able to to afford over here. But we're like, hey, dad, his podcast is just him telling a story that he wrote. I'm like, just grab your phone and just talk to the phone, right? And uh, and for him, like, his thing was, it, we're still hung up on that thing. It's like, what's other people going to think? It's not the same. Thing. Like, I promise you, it. No, there, nobody's going to notice. Like, it's yeah. going to be so awesome. And then guess what? Eventually, the resources will increase, right? Because we're consistent. You know, people are going to connect. People are going to resonate with your stuff and come back to it. And we've also seen a lot of people that have done that. So we're working with that with him, which is, you know, hopefully we, we get we get him going. <laughs> so, uh, but 
that this has been incredible. I, I'm looking at the at the clock. I'm like, what already? Uh, so you know, at some point, part two of this has to happen. But we have a, a, a few questions to kind of close yeah. out the show. Um, what what would be like an action point, right? Like for somebody that is. Maybe we have a little bit of a di different different audience here, right? It's not B two B, but it's people that are starting their own business, right, and uh, are in transition to to go full time to do that. But then trying to figure out how to create consistently content, or specifically this, like, what would be an advice that that, that you want to give them today? Cool. So founders, company founders, mm -hmm. great. Yes. Um, and as startups or like solopreneurs or like service industry, solopreneurs in the service industry or freelancers, that kind of stuff. Okay. I definitely think using a podcast to get to know your ideal buyers is like the easiest way you can make a podcasting work for you. And it literally can start with Zoom, like a paid Zoom account and a free podcast host. Anchor's good. I actually like sounder.fm. Mm -hmm. They don't do a good job of marketing themselves, but I think they're one of the best hosts out there and they have a freemium model so and provide free transcripts. <laughs> so I love them. Ooh, um, good. They're our preferred host. Um, so check them out if you're just getting started and honestly like record your first episode being like, Hey, I just thought I'd start something fun. I'd want to talk to some interesting people in this industry, specifically the industry that you want to talk to and make it an exploration. Do not try to be the expert or the thought leader, make it be the student and actually lead with the question with the, the overall podcast instead of being like, Oh, I'm going to tell you everything I know about X, Y, and Z. I mean, you could go that way, but yeah. I find it's much more interesting to be a guest based show when yeah. you're trying to explore and trying to find a certain topic, even better if it's a topic that you've wrestled with, you're like, man, I still don't understand X. Mm -hmm. Let's figure it out together. Yeah. And then you start going on a journey of talking to practitioner after practitioner, or expert after expert, um, and talk to the people that you're selling to. You will not be unsuccessful long because you're actually going to be so tight knit with your customers and know them because you're talking yeah. to them and sharing stories and finding out what keeps them awake at night, what they think ideal is, like what their objectives are, uh, what some of their past failures are. And you're actually going to understand your customer to the point where it's going to be hard for you not to win in the product that you're building and the marketing that you're building. Yeah. Um, and it creates great content because peers generally like to learn for peers. So if you're yeah. selling to lawyers and you're talking to them about law, like other lawyers are going to want to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. So it's the easiest way to get started. And it just costs so little yeah. that there's really no excuse other than just, I guess, the fear of reaching out and getting rejected, which honestly, this is probably like, I hardly ever have people say no to me. Yeah. Even if I'm I'm starting a new podcast has zero <laughs> following. And I'm like, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? People are like, if I get a response at all, it's always like, sure, or what time, or something like that. Yeah. yeah. At worst, I just get ghosted and they don't say anything. <laughs> at worst, I've yeah. never had someone say no. It, it, never, it really never <laughs> happened. Yeah. We that, had that has blown my mind too. Is uh, we actually had one person in <laughs> all 234 episodes say no. It wasn't and, him though. It wasn't him. Yeah, it was his team. His team was like, we, we were trying to go through the gatekeeper and they were like, ah, they wouldn't answer or they would see the message and it's like, oh, maybe later. And we had another maybe guest. Later. Yeah. I don't know. That's uh, they're too busy or maybe they're writing heads down in a book and exactly. they're going to go on a book tour later and then, you know, you pick them up later. So yeah. exactly. I've had, I have had that response. So what yeah. we, what we did actually is we had uh, a, somebody that became a good friend because of the podcast on the show. And we knew she was very close to this person. So we had a conversation <laughs> and at the end, it's like, hey, hey 
let's talk real right here. You know, we told her the, the whole story. We've been trying to get him on the show. They've been telling us no, and we know it's not him, the one that's been seeing the messages. And she's like, oh, don't worry. I'll put you guys in contact. I got you guys. Yeah, and she got us on a group text all together. We managed to bring the guy to the show, and it was an incredible show, and he introduced us to more people. So the power of relationships. It, it's yeah. incredible. That's it. Dan, la, la, one, one last thing I could yeah. say, and this is important because a lot of people get this messed up in the beginning. Yeah. Don't chase the influencers or the yes. people that are like everybody's chasing. Mm. And they, it, you think it's going to do a lot for your show, and you guys probably know from experience too, you're like, no. Because mm. they don't share it on their Twitter accounts or whatever. Like, <laughs> yeah. you'd be really lucky if they did. Like, we've had... Yeah the Gary V's and Simon Sinek and like all those kinds of people on our show. And it's kind of like, eh, those aren't even great performing shows. They're not even the most downloaded. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, our usually our own internal episodes of us, just us internally talking are usually some of our most popular. Yeah. Ones. Interesting. So, yeah. That, that's, that's really important. We, ha- I mean, one of the, t- the most popular that we've had has been uh, a rodeo world champ that he also does some online stuff and that, and that was such an interesting conversation and we're like what really like that was <laughs> that was probably one of the like the conversation was great but like that was probably one of the ones that we never really expected to to be one yeah. of the yeah. top downloads so but but like you really said awesome. like those are the people that they want to share it too they're excited to come yeah. to the show yeah. they want to share it with their audience as well and that's key we actually have a term for that we call it the the ladder of influence right instead of going for an influencer type a right let's say tony robbins yeah like if we manage to get him on the show sure we can promote as much as we can but still he will probably not share it on his social medias um and it's going to be a very different interview that if we interview a level c influencer that might be just one step above us that we that you know he can also help us increase our level of authority he's excited to share the message with his audience everybody grows their audience so i think there are ways to put yourself in win-win situations a lot. There's a lot of people out there willing to be in shows, share their expertise, and they want to build relationships as well. Dan, last question uh, of the show is um, where would you, or Sweetfish, right, like uh, be without publishing if you never started publishing? I mean, the company wouldn't exist because, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe because podcasting has been such a... uh, it's been trending so much over the last two years that yeah. maybe we would, but honestly, I think the big thing that drives Sweetfish is the fact that we eat our own dog food and have been doing it. So if like we didn't have publishing, almost all of our customers come from the show and LinkedIn, mm. and it's we, we've done like literally probably less than five grand in ads over the last seven years. Wow, that's amazing! Yeah, that reserves now. Uh, that's a problem, and we need to start. I need to start paying because that's that's. <laughs> Probably a little bit of a missed opportunity, but just to kind of give you an idea of like yeah. how much we haven't spent on paid media, it's yeah. been all organic. And as a marketing guy, I'm like, yeah, we probably should be have been running ads a while ago. We probably be a little bit bigger now. But. Yeah, yeah. Dan, I gotta apologize for my brother. Usually has a control of the sound. I, I was just so in shock because this, I was not expecting this moment was perfect for for the horn. Where's the horn at? I, I, I thought it was a golden boulder, man. Like are you wearing your helmet? I was and the good. audience and yeah, the audience yeah, okay. is going crazy over here. <laughs> It's going there insane. Go. That, that was uh, key right there. Oh, that, that, that was good. And, oh, that was good. Okay. Part two has to, has to happen at some point in our <laughs> lives. Just so you know, open open door, open invitation. Um, now, where can people find you guys? Where can people connect with you? Where can people learn more about you and Sweetfish? 
certainly you can find us at sweetfishmedia.com um you can connect with me i'm most active on linkedin so linkedin.com slash in slash digital marketing dan um or even on my own site where i blog and kind of link to all the different podcasts that i'm on or my our own podcast uh danches.com Awesome. Danches.com. I love it. I love it. I love the name Danches. I love how you embrace it and you have it on the back over there too. Yeah, it's it's so cool. You should learn, Fonzie. I know. You were so resistant to Fonzie. I was very resistant to Fonzie. Fonzie, But (laughs) Danches, thank you so much for being here today. It was an absolute pleasure. Um, I have a notebook full of notes and... I'm pretty sure the listener right now has a notebook full of notes as well. And if not, you better listen to this episode again. <laughs> Give Dan a follow. Connect with him on LinkedIn. Let me tell you, it is absolutely amazing. He, what This is, Dan, what really tipped the scale for me and, and, and made me you know, extend the invitation for the podcast. I ask a question on one of your posts. And you answer me with a video. <laughs> it's like, nobody does that. And you you were like, hey, yeah. this is a little bit of a longer answer. So just go and check this link that I put here. And you made a video explaining, you know, your thoughts. And I was like, this is absolutely amazing. I'm so thankful for you, Dan. I would love to have you in the podcast. And look here at this are. now. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Personal videos for the win. Yeah, it's like yeah, a freaking good. secret weapon on social. That's yeah. a whole nother episode. Yeah, so. that's a whole, yeah. <laughs> All just right, that. there we go. Uh, that, anything else you want to add before we head out? Um, I am launching a new podcast called the attention podcast, and it's going to be specifically around audience growth and audience growth alone. Like how do you grow a podcast audience? How do you grow uh, a LinkedIn audience? And what's the difference between people who are just doing content marketing and who are actually growing substantial audiences? Why are solo creators so much better at building audiences than companies, specifically B2B companies, Mm -hmm. right? We're going to be exploring all those content, all all those topics. So if you want to learn more about that, just connect with me at LinkedIn. Um, at the address I already gave, and I'll be announcing that soon. Yeah. Nice. Do, we, do we have a date? I don't have a date yet. All right. <laughs> soon. It'll be soon. In the next soon, few soon, weeks. Soon. I'm like, trying to put some pressure over here. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. All the all the links that I mentioned are going to be right below. All you got to yep. do is scroll down, click all those links, go connect, go go engage, go learn. Dan, thank you so much, man. Fonzie, anything else? No. Thank you. With that said, thank you guys so much for tuning into the Content Profit Podcast. Go ahead and follow the show in your favorite social media channels and your podcasting channels as well. (laughs) And if Dan here helped you move one step forward towards your goal, please don't forget to share this episode and and leave a five-star review. See ya. Bye, guys.